This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What's up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Monday, March 21st. Was it good for you? Uh, First weekend of the NCAA tournament. Always a blast. I feel like... The first two rounds were not incredible, and then Sunday night we worked up to this this moment where it was like, oh my gosh, we're really going to have chaos, and Arizona TCU was an absolute thriller, the game of the weekend. I hope you stayed up late. Ended, geez, last night, uh, if you're on the East Coast, about 12.30 a.m., 12.35. Hope you guys stayed up for it. Uh, it was a thriller. Arizona, listen, I, I first of all, we are going to talk about Deshaun Watson going to the Browns and Peter King, a lot of people attacking the Browns. People are taking shots at him. I mean, what else is new? We'll do a lot of NFL this week, obviously. Uh, NBA playoffs are approaching, but you guys know me. I'm a hardcore tournament junkie. Um, Bracket-wise, it hasn't been great for me. Gambling-wise, it has not been great for me, but I'm still alive in the Calcutta. We have Gonzaga and Kansas. Kansas, it's wide open for Kansas right now. Uh, Gonzaga had a major scare for Memphis, but I I quickly want to just talk about the Arizona ending because if you saw... uh, First of all, TCU refused to go away. Just They got these like junkyard dog-type players who just scrap for every rebound. Arizona, young, and the kid Ben Matherin. Benedict is what he likes to go by. Benedict Matherin. Uh, I think he's number zero for Arizona, Pac-12 player of the year. He's going to be a top five pick. I think I said on this podcast, he reminds me of Victor Oladipo. And he was unbelievable late Sunday night. Just hit a three with like 15 seconds left to tie it. And then TCU got the ball. And they have like, you know, all all Big 12 point guard in Mike Miles, who is going to be in the NBA. He could be a late first round pick. He's a good player. And of course, Arizona hard double team to get the ball out of his hands, and it looked like they bumped him. Now, maybe he flopped, and I didn't even know, by the way, Rob, that there was a flop warning that you could get in college basketball. Chet Holmgren, the toothpick on Gonzaga, got one Saturday night. I I had never seen a flop warning in the NCAA tournament. At any rate, they decided not to blow the whistle. Miles goes down. It's like, wait a minute, is that backcourt? What's going on? And the, But, of course, there's like four seconds left. Kid on Arizona picks it up, sprints in for the dunk. And it's like, they want, you know, the Al McGuire. They want it on the dunk. The Arizona game, I'm sorry, not Arizona, Houston. Five slam a jam on like 1982, 83, somewhere around there. But it looked like for like half a second the Arizona kid won it, but the ref was right on it. It was like, no, it's after. And you, you could see the replay. The ball was in his hands. But still, the weird part is, I don't even know what channel this game was on. TBS, TNT, True T, one of those. It was not on CBS, obviously. There was no replay of the the turnover by Miles. And it looked like when they finally showed it that Miles got bumped. And it's like, wait a minute. How is there no foul call there? Obviously, TCU was in the bonus. They would have been shooting. Miles is a money free throw shooter. And Arizona would have been probably eliminated. I'm floored. Just an absolute swallowed the whistle there. I, I couldn't believe it. TCU obviously will be whining about it. Jamie Dixon, good job coaching. And Arizona looks susceptible. Listen, this is, as we talked about, the youngest team in the field. Yeah, they got some superstars. Coloco, the seven-footer, he's going to be a pro. Matherin, obviously, is a pro. Uh, Probably a top-five pick. And, I mean, this team's good. They've got talent. But they're young. And you could see, even they went up by nine in the second half. Uh, Matherin threw down 
the nastiest dunk ever in the tournament. Number one tournament game, number one tournament dunk. He cocked it back like he was in a dunk contest and just served up a facial on this kid. And the Arizona crowd was just going by. It was one of those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, I just woke up my family. Oops. Uh, And Matherin took over. I, I don't really know what to say, Rob, other than Arizona looks extremely susceptible right now. I don't, I don't think, you know, they're going to, they play Houston next. And if you guys have seen Houston, they are similar to TCU and they've got the junkyard dog mentality. They will crash the glass. They're not as good offensively. They don't have a dynamic player like miles, but I do believe Houston will give Arizona a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't come away feeling down in Arizona at all. You know, I have Arizona making the championship game. I don't have them winning, but I had them making it from before the tournament started. And I thought they were the best team coming into this tournament. Either way, they've been playing the best basketball, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not unusual at all. I feel like it's almost commonplace for the eventual champion to kind of get a scare early on, to, to, to have to do something that you wouldn't expect them to have to do, to, to, to win when they don't have their best informi- their best game. You know, Gonzaga is tied with what was it, eight minutes left in the game against a 16 seed, you know? Like, like (laughs) you need these moments because, number one, it's going to make you tougher for the rest of the tournament because none of these games are going to be easy. And number two, you have to be able to show when things get tight, your shots aren't falling, you're getting a tight whistle, everything's working against you, can you find ways to win? And... I feel like most of the champions that we've had in the last 20 years have all had at least one game where you're like, oh, no, they're, they're done. They're, they're not going to win this one. They're not going to win this one. And then they find ways to do it. Next, you know, they're doing the one shining moment. They're cutting down the nets. Yeah. And you know who doesn't uh, have the heart of a champion to fight back and get through it is a fraud like Auburn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Those freaking choke artists. Goodness gracious. What an embarrassment. They got run out of the gym. Run out of the gym. By the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, that's embarrassing. Obviously, you know, we're not going to dive into, you know, every single game. Sweet 16 shapes up. Listen, there are a couple clunkers. You know, there's some not good matchups there. I will say right out of the gate that I am fascinated by Duke, Texas Tech. If you guys watch Duke, Duke, Michigan State, man, the kid Paolo Banchero, I think... I would take him number one in the draft. He is, I mean, borderline unstoppable. Like, Rob, I've been trying to think, like, you know, I like to do the NBA comparisons, right? Because it's an easy frame of reference. Obviously, they're they're difficult to make these comparisons on 18-year-old kids to pros. But I, I've been struggling with Benchero. He's about 6'9", 6'10". He's about 245, 250. He's a load on the block. He can shoot the three. He's a good passer. I mean, listen, I'm not going to go overboard. Do not put this in the, the, the description of the pod, Rob. But I see, and I, I, again, I'm not going overboard. I do see some LeBron-ish dominant qualities from Banchero. Now, I don't think he's going to be LeBron James, obviously. But a young LeBron was, like, way bouncier and just unbelievable. But, like, you know, Miami LeBron was a little heavier but still fast as hell. And I'm just telling you, Benchero is dominant one-on-one. You feel like the only guy that can hold him back and hold him down is Coach K. Because in late in that Michigan State game, you know, there's this Duke doesn't play defense. Duke doesn't play defense. Benchero had a block on a guy who beat him. 
You just recovered, swatted the shit out of it off the backboard. That was a pretty high-level game, Duke-Michigan State. And then you watch the other guy who could be the number one pick Saturday night, Chet Holmgren, kind of get sunned by some of the guys on uh, Memphis. They got some some dogs on Memphis. Jalen Duran is is a beast. And the guy who took over that game, Rob, I don't know if you were like me on Saturday night staying in watching watching the NCAA tournament, but Drew Timmy, the guy with the handlebar mustache who – you know, I was almost the player of the year last year. There was like, oh, maybe he goes to the NBA. Not even close. Uh, he was like not going to get drafted, apparently. He was doing nothing in the first half, getting pushed around by Memphis. And I swear he scored like 25 points in the second half while Chet Holmgren did like nothing. So I like Holmgren. He's 7'1. I think he weighs about what I do, but like 175, 180. Um, I'm not 7'1 or close to it. And. I, I, I like the potential for him. No, I don't think he's going to be Kevin Durant, but you can see why people say, you know, he's got a good stroke. He can't really make a lot of threes, but the stroke is there. I think I would go Paolo over, over Chet. Are you, were you impressed with him or no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a, a comparison for Paolo that this is going to sound like an insult, but I, I don't mean it this way. And I, okay. I, I know the reason why. I love when you lead with that. It's going to sound look, like an insult. He reminds me, the college version at least, of a bouncier Derek Williams from Arizona back in the mm. day. Now, Derek Williams in college was a monster. He was a beast. His problem was when he got to the NBA, he didn't have a position. He wasn't yeah. athletic enough to, to play small forward, and he wasn't quite tall enough to play power forward. Mm. And at that time of, of the NBA, you had 6'11", 7-foot power forwards on the block, and he was just getting abused. Yeah. And today, he still went top five, He right? went number two. Number two. He went number two. Uh, in today's NBA... Everybody's six eight to six ten. There's no there's no dominant bigs outside of Jokic and yeah. Embiid. You know, like he can be a, a stretch four power forward who can switch out onto the wings, and I think he's gonna blossom at the next level wherever he goes. For my money, I would still go with Chet Holmgren. I think that his skills are so high level that once his body catches up to him, he's gonna be a monster. Um, not quite Anthony Davis level. Because he has those kind of skills, like in college, Anthony Davis, very thin yeah. as well, great defender, great rim protector. Yeah, the shot but, blocking. But yeah, but AD, uh, even in college, was had to be at least 20, 30 pounds heavier than what Chet Holmgren is now. And that's oh, the yeah. difference. So once his body grows in, you'll see a, a, a lights out, Hall of Fame quality power forward in the NBA. I think by far the weakest Sweet 16 game, Iowa State, which is like unwatchable against Miami. Iowa State is one of three teams that made the Sweet 16 and they didn't even score 60 points in the second round game. Like those, it's Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Arkansas. By the way, Arkansas will have no chance against Gonzaga. They have the guards to hang for a little, but they have no size. Um, I am curious where you are on your UCLA Bruins who will face North Carolina, which. But you know, led Baylor by twenty five, choked it away, and survived in overtime. But UCLA, I think their best player, not their best score, their best player. Uh, I don't want to butcher his name. Is it Jaime Hawkes? Hawkes, is that right? Hawkes, Hawkes. I just call him Triple J. At any rate, he, he's their best player, Rob. I mean, the guy is on the block. He's their best offensive rebounder. I think he's second in assists. The offense like road flows through him. You trust him with the ball. I know Juzang's a better scorer and Tiger's the point guard, but I, I, I think if he's not able to come back, I don't know if they get by. I don't think they get by UCLA or UNC, sorry. You know, I, I told you, number one, that not to be worried about St. Mary's, that UCLA was yes, not going to shoot right. as poorly Spot as they on. did in the opening round, and they didn't. 
Um, my concern about Hawkes is he's like six seven on a good day. Like he's not big, and they play my power forward. That UNC front line, number one, they just look taller. But number two, they're they're springy. They're they're not. It's a lot different than what he saw against St. Mary's. So I think this is going to be one of those games. I think it's going to be the game of the weekend. That's going to be the one that's going to be the most mm. hotly contested. Uh, because they're so different the way that each team is built and the way they play. Uh, this is going to be a Tiger Campbell game. This oh, is this is going to be Tiger one. Cam- no pressure on Tiger. Look, he's the two-time All Pac-12 first team point guard. He's not tall. He's not flashy. He's not explosive, but he's a fantastic floor general for college basketball. And if UCLA is going to win this game. It's going to be because that they're making smart and executing well, smart decision executing well in the half court. They're not going to be able to outrun UNC. So I think if UCLA is going to win this game, it's going to be because of their diminutive point guard with the big hair, not because of Jaime is. Now, they, they, if they do advance, um, they'll have to face the winner of Purdue, St. Peter's. St. Peter's, the 15 seed, is there. Uh, Purdue is is dangerous. Um, they can beat you multiple ways because they got the seven foot four kid from Canada, and it was pretty clear that Texas was going to be a load for him. Uh, just the quickness and the ac- activity inside. So they went to Williams, and Williams was awesome. Uh, he was an All American last year, and now he's coming off the bench because of the big seven foot four kid. Williams was tremendous. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Rob, I know you don't want to get into a controversy, but did you see the free throw discrepancy in Purdue, Texas? Purdue attempted 46 free throws. Texas, I believe, 14. Yeah, I mean... That was the theme all weekend, though, wasn't it, right? You opened it up talking about Arizona and that non-call there at the end of regulation. Yeah, I hate to make it about the refs. I know, but that seemed to be the theme in at least half of the games that I watched over the weekend. You know, I was on Twitter during the the Baylor uh, comeback against UNC that we just talked about. I had stopped watching the game because, you know, Baylor was getting sacked. And then there's this flagrant two call, which seemed like a phantom call. shouldn't have happened. And next thing you know, my tweet, my Twitter feed is blowing up like this is the worst officiating I've ever seen. This is embarrassing. The NCAA needs to get this right. And that only seemed to get worse as each game went further along into the weekend. You know, every other game, there was a, a lot of groundswell, especially on social media, saying that the officiating has been terrible. They're not, like, I'm not saying that somebody's being paid off, but somebody's being paid off kind of thing. Like, that's exactly what we were getting on Twitter. And. I didn't watch enough of that game to say the uh, the Purdue Texas game to say whether or not that was the case, but I did sense that that was a theme across most of those games that that the the officiating yeah. was terrible. I saw Jay Billis went after those guys, um, which is understandable, and I would have too if I was uh, watching. I was watching a lot of that on my phone. Listen, I will say I know you guys really want me to rip the Browns for Deshaun Watson. P.S. That's not happening. Um, it was one of those weekends where I had to watch some of the games on my phone, and I will give a shout-out to the March Madness On Demand app. If you guys have that app, it's free. You just get it. You can watch any of the games for free. I mean, it's super easy. Like It's really – they made it super easy, so I got to give them a shout-out. My son had a basketball game, and then my daughter had a soccer game, so I'm like – you know, watching and watching the game. And then I had to drive them to a birthday party. And yes, I plugged the phone into my car 
and I hooked up the Bluetooth. Now I'm not watching the game, but I'm listening to it. I made the kids listen to the game as I had to drive them because I'm not missing this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. And yes, when I came to a stop, I checked the scores of the other games. If one was closer, I would switch to that game and listen to that one. That's how dedicated I am. And now, now I will just say, I was jonesing for hoops because I skipped Thursday to watch the tournament. And I decided some of the guys were going to play Sunday. So we went up Sunday morning. I'm like, listen, we got to get in early. You know, the game start at 9. I know we tip off at 8-ish. I'm sorry, we tip off around 9. So um, if we get in two games, great. So, of course, you know, I don't want to flex or anything, but your boy had a great first game. And um, we played this uh, really good team. I had an attempt game winner. Came up short. Our center rebounds it, puts it in. Kind of like the Arizona finish, except Coloco dunked the rebound back. Um, and then it was one of those weird things. Like I was thinking about all the crap I had to do, a.k.a. take my kids to soccer games uh, and then take my daughter to a basketball game, all that crap. And then the next two games, next two or three games, I forget, I shot very poorly. Missed a million shots. Uh, and it felt awful. And, you know, I'll blame it on Rob that I was thinking about the NCAA tournament and trying to be a bit of a hero, you know, just jacking shots. And I think I probably missed like 11 shots in a row. Not a big deal. Um, you know, we won, a, we won a couple more games. And then our last one, we had no legs and we left. And I, it was fine because I had to go anyway. Um, you know that. that well, who cares? Yeah, good win. But I had to go anyway. I was leaving. Um, and then I came and watched the games. And, you know, kids had soccer. I will say this. The coolest youth sports moment, Rob. 30 seconds before we get to Watson. Coolest youth sports moment of the weekend. So my son's on a fifth, sixth grade soccer team. And I had heard, I missed the game last weekend, and I heard they're really good. So I show up, I'm watching, and this one kid is obviously very good. Sixth grader, you know, just dynamic. Score, other team scored, my, this kid scores. Our team has a corner kick, so this kid kicks it, they knock it out of bounds. The superstar guy goes to the coach, comes over, coach, let me take it. I can score. And he goes, okay, okay, take it. Rob, the kid bends a blast from the corner. The goalie cannot save it. It goes off his hands and in. And I had never seen a sixth grader say, let me take it. I got, I'll score. And he scored. And then he got another goal later for the hat trick and they win. And I was just like, who is this guy? Um, I, I don't know. Sixth grade soccer, you guys don't really care. At any rate, let's move on. <laughs> By the way, um, Calcutta update, uh, Gonzaga looking good at 54,000. Kansas looking great at 29,000. And um, I, my buddies who listen, one guy has Purdue, um, which has some value. And they have Purdue and Michigan. By the way, we didn't talk Michigan Villanova. Rob, any lean there? Oh, I'm leaning Villanova. Yeah. I kind of I kind of think Villanova too. But the big seven-footer, I don't know how they're going to handle uh, Dickinson. He's very good. He's skilled. Uh, Michigan's a problem. I would not rule out Michigan going to the Final Four in that bracket. Arizona, I think, is going to struggle with Houston, probably win, and then Villanova-Michigan feels like a toss-up. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's get to the NFL and a colossal story that dropped, I guess, like late Friday afternoon. I don't remember the exact timing, but... Deshaun Watson had ruled out the Browns on Thursday and said he was down to the Falcons or Saints. And then something changed. And I think what the something pretty obviously is, is the Cleveland Browns were willing to go somewhere that they had not been willing to go before. And that is, they were willing 
to guarantee his entire contract. Apparently, Robin, check me if it's wrong, that had never been done before. And the Browns said, we'll guarantee your entire contract. All of it. I think 260 mil. Is that the number? 230 mil. 230 And it's the first time it's ever happened like as a uh, trade kind of thing. Because Kirk Cousins has gotten nothing but guaranteed contracts. Right, right, right. You know, for the last like five years. So Watson, who did not play last year, is going to go to Cleveland, from Houston to Cleveland. They lose Landry. They lose Odell. But... They add Amari Cooper. And Deshaun Watson has chosen Cleveland. Like, let that sink in. Joe Kim Noah, wherever you are, nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Well, he just decided, I want to go to Cleveland. Now, it obviously is because of the money. And you see all these people coming out saying the Browns sold their soul. They ruined the future quarterback market. What is Lamar Jackson going to get now? Folks, uh, again, I think we're overreacting just a little to the guaranteed money aspect. Remember, the Cleveland Browns were supremely desperate. They've never had a franchise quarterback. Baker Mayfield was not a franchise quarterback. Johnny Manziel was not a franchise quarterback. Bernie Kosar was was a good quarterback, but I think instantly Deshaun Watson is the greatest quarterback in Browns franchise history, and he hasn't even played a snap. Now, I, I, I agree that some people are going to be outraged. And when I say some, it is a, a, a vocal minority, right? It's a couple people who are going to be, how could the Browns give all this money to a guy? 22 cases, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's easy. Sports are a business. Businesses are desperate. I will remind you guys, the owner of the Browns, Jimmy Haslam, his company had to pay a $92 million fine for fraud, to avoid uh, prosecution by the government. 92 mil. His company totally just withheld like $58 million uh, from customers in rebates and discounts. Like basically, they cheated their customers. And then the IRS and the FBI came after him and they're like, oh, we'll just give you $92 million and we'll call it a day. And that's what happened. And this guy runs the Browns. Are you really surprised at the moral decisions he's making? But... Moral is the key word here because I saw somebody, uh, Judy Batista, NFL Network. I, I know her a little bit. I, I think I interviewed her way back in the day at the big league. Wrote a column like and basically was saying like, we can't use the NFL as our uh, moral uh, arbiter. You know, like y- you can't say that your local NFL team, hey, look up to them as the moral authority. Well, my question would be when the hell and why the hell would you ever do that anyway? We're looking to professional athletes who are like 25 it's having like the morals that we should look up to multi-millionaires guys who are handed millions of dollars or are we really leading on the billionaire owners as the moral authority really no i think that is silly and if you are if you the listener or your friends or whoever is you know making moral decisions based on your football team then you have lots of problems I'm sorry, you've got lots of problems. Like, where are you supposed to get your morals? Uh, you know, I guess yeah, if you're a kid, you get them from your parents. Hopefully, you got good parents. Uh, maybe your grandparents. Um, perhaps a teacher. Uh, if you go to church, you know, like think about how, for most of time, 
where we got our morals from our community. Now, we had small, tight-knit communities. If you guys have ever read the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger, I heard about it on the Rogan podcast, and I went and read it. It's a great book. And the problem in America now is we don't have these small, tight-knit communities anymore. Who are we all leaning on? for decision-making and morals. It should not be athletes. It certainly should not be the internet or social media. But this idea that, oh, how could the Browns do Like, come on. This is a business. Do you think in four years, if the Browns win a Super Bowl, anybody's going to say, I can't believe they did that? Really? How many fans in Cleveland are going to boycott the Browns because of Deshaun Watson's legal problems? Oh, and by the way, no criminal charges. I would bring up Kobe Bryant, but I don't want to really get into a discussion about that. Like this idea that Lakers fans quit because of Kobe's situation, or you could go down the list for any athlete. Like, no, I, no fans are going to bail on the Browns. Yeah, they're going to say, oh, that sucks. That's, I, I, don't, I don't really like that move. And then you know what? Week one rolls around, and if Watson's starting, and there's a chance he might not be, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec, they're going to be cheering. Nobody's going to be booing Deshaun Watson. You're, they're just not. That's not going to happen in Cleveland. They are thrilled that they have a franchise quarterback. And oh yeah, Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback. He proved that for many years in Houston, carrying a shit franchise on his back to the playoffs. So this idea that Browns fans, oh, they're, they're going to quit watching the Browns. Just, no. You think there's a lot going on in Ohio? The passion of Browns fans is he's going to bail because of Deshaun Watson? Now, speaking of his legal trouble, and people will not like this, but the, the agent that he has structured his deal so he's only making $1 million this year. Why $1 million? Well, if he gets suspended two games, four, six, eight, whatever number, that's what he'll have to pay out of his game fines. Well, guess what? If he had gotten $35 million this year in his contract, or forty, he would have been on the hook for a lot of money. Now, because it's $1 million, it's palatable. Now that I can see people really ticked about. I understand. I get it. You're upset, but I'm sorry. This, this you know, this is a pretty savvy move by the agent. Is it a is it a, like a nice thing to do, knowing a suspension could be coming? I'm not saying it's definitely coming. I think most people think it is coming. But like, it's just he's saving his his uh, client money. How many how many superstar athletes around the NFL are? making a call to Watson's agent to see, hey, you want to get in business together because of this deal he pulled off. He got his quarterback coming off a one-year suspension or a one-year sitting out of football, the richest quarterback guaranteed money contract ever. Rob, well, I, I don't know. Am I going in too much on the moral crowd here? No, I mean, look, it's been clear. And if you're refusing to acknowledge it at this point, this is your fault. But it's been clear for years now that the NFL will tolerate damn near anything if your talent is worth it. Yeah. Okay. Antonio Brown has been in multiple situations off the field. Up until probably this next season, it's going to be the first time it's ever impacted whether or not he can get a job. Okay. You know, uh, Randy Gregory just got a fat contract with the Broncos. And I believe he was suspended like four or five consecutive seasons, like parts of consecutive seasons oh, yeah. for, for various issues. They don't care, all right? 
the only person who who seems to have gotten flack for whatever he did and the one that stuck with him is Colin Kaepernick and the reason being is because he was no longer a top 10 quarterback in football. If Aaron Rodgers had been the guy who knelt, knelt during the anthem, I promise you he would have never missed a game. And Deshaun Watson, say what you want about his off the field stuff, he is an elite quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. So teams are going to look past damn near anything with him. I want to stick to one thing that you said there right at the end, though, because to me, I thought that was the biggest deal, is he came off of one year not playing. He's got 22 civil cases hanging over his head for sexual assault allegations. Not only did he dictate where he wanted to go, he got the richest contract in NFL history in terms of guaranteed money. Not by like a million, not by like Five million by eighty million dollars. His guaranteed contract is eighty million dollars more than any other player in NFL history. Decent I, chunk of change, huh? You know what? I, this is going to sound funny, but you need to have a round of applause for Deshaun Watson oh. because discount whatever he did or didn't do allegedly. When NFL players have leverage. When they have something that they can hold against another team, in this case, he held it against like five teams, and they actually use it, that's something that needs to be commended because the NFL is a league where they'll cut you, they'll sign you today and cut you a week from now because they don't want to pay out your guaranteed money. They'll find every single way under the sun, every single excuse to make sure that you're not affecting their bottom line. All right. They, they, people say the salary cap, hey, you know, um, we can't sign this guy. We got to restructure because of our cap issues. Have you seen what's been happening in New Orleans? They went from like $60 million over to suddenly having enough space to fit into Sean Watson had he chose them. Well, yeah. I, by the way, I did see that as soon as Watson picked elsewhere, uh, what's his name? Armstead is now the, the offense. Is he left tackle? Left tackle, yep. Left tackle, yeah. He, he's kind of a big deal <laughs> to the Saints offensive line. Sounds like he's shopping around for the biggest offer he can get at Miami Dolphins or something yes, there. The Dolphins. But it's just like had more people, quarterbacks especially, need to take advantage when they can. It's reason why I know you disagree with me before, why I was so upset with Patrick Mahomes when he took that twelve year, four hundred million dollar contract, which only had like ten percent of it guaranteed, because if there was ever a time for a guy to get a fully guaranteed deal, it was him. He was off to arguably the greatest star in NFL history. So for Deshaun Watson, recognizing the situation that he's in, recognizing that there's more than one suitor, recognizing his age and his potential, to cash in the way he did is something that more NFL players need to do. I don't think more guys are going to do it, actually, because they're all afraid of what might come if they hold teams over a barrel like this. But it's something that I wish more players would do when they have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I again... I think you guys are underestimating the desperation of the Cleveland Browns to find a quarterback. You guys do realize if you don't have a quarterback, your odds of going anywhere are like good luck. Look at the last two off seasons. Brady goes to the Bucks, who did not have a quarterback. They win the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford goes to the Rams, who eh, they had a quarterback in Goff, but he wasn't very good. They go to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, Joe Burrow, it goes from, 
you know, being like the number one pick to, oh my gosh, this guy's really good. And the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that the Bengals had to, uh, the Browns had to go out and, you know, sell their soul or whatever you guys want to say. Like this team, this franchise has been a punchline for 40 years. Like people, just the franchise that fired Bill Belichick, drafted Johnny Manziel. They went winless a few years ago. The the record for Haslam since he got since he bought the team in looks like middle midway through 2012. 44 and 94. Like, guys, this is a bad franchise. So yeah, they're gonna overpay, do whatever it takes to get a, a, a really good quarterback in the in, in the uh in the locker room. Now, I did see the quote where anonymously Haslam is saying it's time we need to get an adult in there, you know alluding to Baker Mayfield not being an adult. I'll just point out that um, Deshaun Watson had 22 civil cases pending. 22. He's an adult? Getting massages from every woman under the sun that he he meets on Instagram? Like, come on. This this idea, like, Haslam is a bit of a screwball. Like, I I don't know that that's someone that you want to work with or who eventually could end up taking you anywhere. But Deshaun Watson is. So Watson goes from the jack awful situation in Houston to now the Cleveland Browns, which, you know, the factory of sadness is the name of their stadium. Like it has been a clown show over there forever. Now I like Stefanski. Everybody does. You got a great offensive line, Amari Cooper. I think you need to either build through the draft. And by the way, what do they give up for Watson? One pick in this year's draft. That's it. There are future picks, but just one in this draft. So they're able to go out and get a couple guys. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the Browns are pretty good. Here's the weird thing, Rob. And we, I guess we should save it for next week. We're going long here on a Monday. But when you look at the quarterbacks and the best teams in the league, it's like all AFC. You remove Brady and Rodgers, two guys who are, you know, 37 plus. Who's the best young quarterback in the NFC? And I'll quickly buzz just for your enjoyment. I'll quickly buzz through the teams. Washington has Carson Wentz. <laughs> He's obviously not one of the good young quarterbacks in the league. The New York Giants have Daniel Jones. I don't need to say anything. Uh, Jalen Hurts of the Eagles. Obviously still no need to say anything. He's not a great young quarterback. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have Dak. <sighs> What what are we saying on Dak? He's he's under thirty five. That's for sure. Is he great? No. Is he very good? Yeah. Good. Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Justin Fields. I don't think he's a great young quarterback. We'll see. Maybe there's something there. Goff with the Lions. Saints. To my knowledge, as of right now, they don't have a starting quarterback. Falcons have Matt Ryan. He's not good or young. Carolina has Sam Darnold. I'm sorry, Sam. And then you have Kyler Murray. And Trey Lance, we don't know. Seahawks, I don't know. They might end up with Baker Mayfield, but basically one good young quarterback under the age of 30 in the NFC. That's it. Kyler Murray. Now, if you go over to the AFC, well, you got Josh Allen. Uh, Mac Jones was the rookie of the year. I don't know. Zach Wilson, I'm just going to toss him in there because. (laughs) uh, To a Valoa, nothing. Joe Burrow, yes. Steelers, no thanks. Mitch uh, Trubisky, no. Uh, Browns have 
the aforementioned Deshaun Watson. Baltimore Ravens have Lamar. Yes, he's won an MVP. Ryan Tannehill. Eh. Colts. Who are the Colts? Who do you think the Colts end up getting? Not Baker Mayfield. Definitely not. I, I I can't see them going from one game manager Carson Wentz to another game manager Baker Mayfield, Man. who is less physically talented. I just don't see that happening. Not a lot of great options out there. Um, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. We think he'll be great. He hasn't been great yet. Houston. I, I don't, what are they doing, quarterback? I have no idea. Davis Mills. Basically, they're going to try to tank. You would assume. And then the AFC West: Mahomes, Carr, Herbert. Russell Wilson. Like, I mean, when you stack them up to next to each other, it is just unbelievable how just rigorous that AFC West is going to be. Now, that all the teams were pretty good this year. Three of them had a positive point differential except for Rob's Raiders, and the Raiders went out and made a pretty damn good move. Um, or two. I don't know. If, can I say two? At least was there two. A second, Chandler, was there Jones. A sec- Chandler Jones counts. Yeah, you're right. Chandler Jones is very good. Um, so, like, I, I just I don't know what right now the NFC does um, to to get better quarterbacks. They'll be drafting some at the top, and you know we we shall see. But like I, Giants really need to figure it out. I mean, Kyler Murray's your best young quarterback in the league. By the way, Kyler Murray's got to be thrilled that in a ten day span, Russell Wilson got traded, and then Tom Brady came back, and then Deshaun Watson got traded. Like, nobody even remembers that Kyler Murray is in a spat with his front office and owner. That's, like, long gone. Um, I thought you were going to say he has to be thrilled because of that contract because you know that he's going to be looking for a fully guaranteed deal, too, now. Oh, man, I don't know. You know, can the guy win a playoff game first? You know, Deshaun Watson, he won a lot of games. He got to the playoffs in Houston a bunch. I think they got to the AFC title game, did they? Yeah, they promptly blew, like, a 20-point lead, right? That's right. They were yeah big early, and then they got smashed by Mahomes. Guys, I I, I can't hate. I can't be one of these guys who's just going to hate Cleveland because they went out and got Deshaun Watson. This is a business. If it's going to hurt your bottom line, I don't think you want to do it. I think they made a calculated risk that this is not going to hurt their bottom line. Now, what if more stuff comes out? Well, it's then you got a you got new information. You got to reassess, right? I mean. Nothing has come out in the last, I don't know, eight months, right? So we're still stuck with, like, you know, the the stories we've read before. And they're obviously very bad stories, not a good look for Deshaun Watson. I've t- told the story many times on here that I get regular massages every two weeks from the same lady who uh, came referred to highly. I've referred multiple friends to her. My wife's gone to her. Like, that's how you find a good masseuse. Not like, hey... This Instagram profile is popping. You give massages? Oh, I'll fly you in town. Like, come on. Like, something clearly went down, and it it just doesn't appear great. By the way, I think Deshaun Watson did get engaged. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. By the way, can I I know we're up against it, but can I sneak in this one hot take for you about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, fine. The Browns will not make the playoffs next season. I don't think that's that hot. They're not the best team in the division, right? No. Well, not just that, but I I, I totally 1,000% believe he's going to get suspended at least eight games. Because the NFL, it's not like they need uh, 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 criminal charges to stick. They don't need any of that. Like we've, What about this? Is this hotter? Because it's so widely known that he's only getting $1 million this year, does the NFL throw the book at him and give him 10 games or something obscene? Without saying that, of course. But, oh, you want to work around the fine? Well, bleep you, Deshaun Watson. You got 10 games. 
And then that pick that conveys to Houston, I mean, Deshaun's out eight or 10 games. They're not making the playoffs. That pick that goes to Houston would then be a top 15 pick, top 10 pick maybe, as opposed to whatever it is now this year, which is not great. I don't know where the Browns are drafting, but yeah. That's spicy. That's a good take. I like that. I I mean, is that too spicy? No, I mean, I I would not be surprised if the NFL does something squarely to make up for that $1 million salary. It, and the, the mere fact that we're saying this is a little weird because I don't would have been what Roethlisberger get for his. It was uh, like two or four games way back. I think he got four. But that, again, that was one instance. He has 22. I mean, like Ezekiel only I, got six games. Did Roethlisberger go to, go to court? Yeah, but no criminal charges were ever um, filed. And he still got four. Yeah. I actually have a list here. Uh, courtesy of our friend Albert Breer. This is my, this was from two years ago. The list of players who were suspended by the league despite not ever being arrested or charged. Zeke, six games, domestic violence allegations. Big Ben, six games, sexual assault allegations. Jameis, three games, sexual harassment accusation. Kareem Hunt, eight games, assault allegations. Now, the reason why he got eight was because of the video. Uh, Jimmy Smith from the Ravens, four games, domestic violence. And then there were a few guys who were suspended despite having the charges dismissed during pretrial, like a settlement. But so maybe 10's up. not out of the realm. No, not at all, especially with there's 22 women. I mean, it's weird because he didn't play a game last year. Now, I know people will say, well, he still got paid. Fine, he should. Uh, if it'll help the cause, you know, hey, if it's going to help reduce my suspension, I'll pay you the back money for time. For, for, for they're not going to do that because he sat out on his own. There's no way they're going to make that work. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just, I would not put it past his agent given that he was able to finagle the all guaranteed money <laughs> and um, every other wish that he wanted. I wouldn't put anything by this agent, guys. I, I would not be surprised. He deserves he a raise. Made. That agent, whoever, whoever he is. <laughs> of course. All right. Uh, I barely survived the weekend. I will talk to you tomorrow. We got a good guest coming up. Talk, uh, I won't tell you what we're talking. I don't want to spoil it, but... Um, Obviously, we'll talk a lot of NCAA tournament this week. NBA's getting close to the playoffs. Lakers officially in 10th in the West. 10th. Wrap your head around that. Imagine if they lose in the play-in, Rob, to New Orleans. Imagine if they with missed Indy. the play-in. Missed the play Stop it. Oh, I actually, I did see the Spurs. I haven't, you know, seen much of it, but Spurs beat the Warriors on like a last-second putback, right? Yes. Okay, just look at it this way. Next five games, Lakers are up two and a half games on San Antonio. At Cavs, home to Philly, at Pelicans, at Mavs, at Utah, home to Pelicans. Spurs get the Blazers and the Rockets in four of their next six. Just saying. Rockets are bad. Weird things have go, happened. Could could this team go two and six, the Lakers, two and five in that stretch? They absolutely could go two and five in that stretch. Have you seen them play? They'll probably hold on to first if they go 2-5. They just can't go 0-6. Can't lose every game. We'll see. Uh, All right, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow.